Today on the Career Connection podcast, we will learn more about the cultural differences at the workplace. Not only will we share some insights on the cultural differences when applying, the subject discussed in the previous episode of the Career Connection podcast, but today we will focus on the cultural differences you will run into at the workplace itself. And I say yes, we, because on today's show, we have a special guest. But before we introduce her, first, this. You are listening to the Career Connection podcast, bringing you practical and proven tips and advice from the leading expert on job searching and pivoting your career in the Netherlands each and every week. Besides this, this podcast is meant to connect, empower, and share inspiring expat stories. Real people, inspiring stories, all linked to making the career connection. And now, here's your host, Marielle Obels. Cecile, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Before we start talking about this fascinating topic of cultural differences, Cecile, and more specifically about cultural differences at the workplace, I think, in, in this interview, uh, let us share our connection with the listeners. Do you remember how we got connected, how we met? Uh, yeah, I, um, I had uploaded an uh, invitation for anyone that wanted to join for a uh, workshop about um, Dutch cultural um, matters in the workplace or in general uh, for anyone that was from abroad that wanted to learn more about the Dutch culture. So I think it was dealing with the Dutch or learning about the Dutch or cultural Dutch cultural differences. Um, and uh, you saw that online and you got in contact with me because you liked the idea and um, because you have a lot of international people. And that's how we got connected and um, we were in contact a lot since then about how we can help each other but also about cultural differences we notice and uh, um, yeah it's been a very good connection so far yeah so this is how it happens huh? you have like the personal click i think somewhere it happens in in the contact and then you start talking and then well suddenly you're in this podcast so yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I know when we start talk, talking about uh, cultural differences and also cultural differences at the workplace or in the applying process, because of course there's that's something I run into quite often, um, yeah. to say the least. Um, to, uh, um, uh, I think we never stop talking about this subject. We both have kind of a fascination uh, for this topic. Um, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, for sure. So how, how did this start with you, this fascination? Where, where does it has it, its origin, its origins, its roots? Um, I think for me, it started a long time ago. Um, but I think at first it was very unclear to me that it was a fascination, fascination for culture. It came very gradually. Um, so actually, I, um, I am originally Dutch. Um, and um, I grew up in the Netherlands for, um, for a lot of my childhood. Um, but then, um, so my mom's originally German, um, but I think she's been Dutch longer now than she has been German. Um, so she has integrated well, um, but I think already from a very early age, there were some differences there and I never pinpointed them as cultural differences. I just kind of thought there were differences between my parents, but I think there were little things there that I already started to notice. Um, then when I was uh, six years old, we moved to China for the first time uh, in Nanjing. Uh, we lived there for one year and then we moved back to the Netherlands. And then when I was 10, we moved to China again and we lived there for five and a half years. So most of my teenage years were um, uh, in China at an international school. So lots of different cultures mixed together. Um, and um, I think there the fascination started a bit already. Um, there it became a lot clearer because it was very big differences. I think every day I was seeing something new, uh, even within those five and a half years, um, every day there was something that we thought, hmm, how does that work or uh, <laughs> how does you know how does that come about 
And um, then we moved back to the Netherlands, uh, but I decided I wanted to make use of this whole international thing um, and decided to study in the UK. And actually there I noticed a lot more about cultural differences because I thought there would be less of a difference between the Netherlands and the UK when I first made that move. But actually realized that there was a lot more of a culture shock between that part than within China, because in China, I really thought there were going to be differences. And in the UK, I didn't realize how much, um, how many differences were there. And that gave me more of a shock and that actually started to fascinate me. And I think there it really started to, I really realized that it was cultural things and that, that you grow up with over time. Um, feeling so comfortable in the international setting, I then worked at an international school for over five years. And there you really start to notice the international cultures coming together. So not being like one culture or being the only different one in a culture, but being a whole, you know, mixing pot of all different cultures. And there I really started exploring the whole concept of culture. So the theory behind it and how that all works. Yeah, I think- And that led me to, to start my own company and branching out of actually helping people settle and really diving into cultural differences and how that helps. Yeah, because I noticed when uh, I start to talk with clients or clients to be that they want to work in international environments because they want this mixing pot of cultures. Eh? Um, yeah. I, of course, I do have the clients that uh, land jobs in like uh, almost uh, completely Dutch teams. Um, and sometimes that's where the struggle starts. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think if we look at, yeah, yeah uh, and that's when they start to notice the cultural differences at the beginning, they think, well, it's not that bad. Uh, I will manage um, <laughs> until um, the first day they start asking for a free day off or something like that. All yeah. different kind of topics we can talk about today. Um, for me, I think uh, you, uh, you just told about the move to the UK and then how you... Uh, immediately start noticing the difference over there. What was the culture yeah. shock between the UK and the Netherlands, uh, your, well, let's say the Netherlands or the things you were used to? Um, I think there were lots of little things that I didn't expect there to be. Um, I think for me it was also, I moved there literally the week I started university. So I'd never lived in the UK before then and because my level of English was relatively good um, people didn't always know that I wasn't from the UK or the fact that I hadn't lived in the UK for very long um, so it was a lot of the time that people expected me to know things that were very you know typically um, British that I just didn't know so um, that that threw me a little bit that that people had the expectation that I would know things that I didn't know. Um, but also, um, I am sure that will come up in the podcast, uh, the, the way things are phrased. So um, the directness of how I phrase things compared to how other pe people phrase things towards me. And that I had to start reading between the lines for some things that people said to me that I realized, oh, actually, they mean this. Um, and I think I adjusted to that already a little bit beforehand from living abroad. Uh, but it became even clearer that uh, an international setting is different. Uh, an English-speaking international setting is different, different. than a UK setting. Um, and yeah, that's that's the the, the politeness um, that you you have you know you have to be that polite. Uh, that that's. Um, I, I would phrase my politeness a lot of the time in sentences instead of the pleases and thank yous. Um, and I really had to get used to, okay, I, I, that, I think that's also an expectation for me to do that. Yeah, please. Um, yeah. And, yeah. And, the, and the British, I think UK, it's very polite. Huh? Yeah. 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 <laughs> very polite. Yeah. So now, Cecile, let's dive in. Um, we will talk about three main topics uh, you and I think also I run into um, 
uh, almost on a daily basis, uh, working with international employees uh, and their spouses. Um, let me just name the three topics before we uh, dive in. It's uh, This podcast is going to be about Dutch directness, feedback, um, both ways, huh? received and also uh, if you give the feedback and asking yeah. for help. So let's start with the first topic, the Dutch directness. Um, when having these cultural differences, this uh, when talking about it with my clients, they uh, and I just ask, okay, what is the first thing about cultural differences that you know about or that you became aware of? Um, uh, it's the Dutch directness, right? Uh, this is the first thing people um, read about, hear about, uh, sometimes experience also. Huh? Um, so everybody heard about it. Uh, some don't really get it uh, at first, uh, what it's all about, and some don't never get it really yet. Huh? Yeah. So, um, so tell me, what does Dutch directness mean to you? Um. I think it has its pros and cons both ways. Um, the Dutch directness, I think for me, means that hopefully uh, you have the most direct message given from one, one person to the other, and therefore do not lose a lot of the context in um, like lost in translation. It is literally the message you want to get across is the message that you are saying. Um, in I think in general, um, well, even if you look at the theory behind um, culture and uh, so on, one of the things that you often have is you have uh, cultures that have like the low context culture, which is indeed you are delivering the message as you um, as you would like to bring it across, as in uh, you want to say that uh, you want the person to understand this, so you say exactly that. Um, and then the high context, the other side of it is a lot of reading between the line or actually by omitting things you are then actually that is the message that you want to get across um, so the Netherlands as a whole is quite low context so you indeed deliver the message as you um, uh, like as you have it in your head that is what you say um, but that can also actually mean that it can come across quite rude for some people. Um, if you're not used to that kind of setting, um, being direct in what you want the other person to do, to say, to understand, uh, can be quite shocking sometimes. Um, although I think if you have a mixing pot of a lot of different international cultures, um, actually, <laughs> this is theory background uh, from Aaron Mayer, it is very important actually to have uh, to be low context because otherwise you it's very difficult to understand each other if everyone is speaking from their own perspective of high context cultures there's always differences in how people do that and then a lot will get lost in the communication so it is important to be low context that doesn't take away that I think sometimes things can be said a little bit friendlier <laughs> Yeah, perhaps we should um, use the please or the thank you a little bit more, I think. Yeah, it could be possible and I'm actually And I'm actually saying we now because, of course, also I have the Dutch roots. Uh, roots so, yeah, uh, so I can yeah. imagine that when people meet me, especially from other backgrounds, they think, okay, she's kind of direct. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I notice it myself that sometimes I already change with the language I speak. So because of having quite a lot of influences of cultural influences on when I um, learned to speak English, um, I think it already changed for me a little bit that I think I'm slightly less direct in English than I am in Dutch. Um, I think the British uh, cultural influences of the time that I lived there yeah. had its effect as well. Um, and sometimes I especially notice this um, when I hear Dutch people who don't always speak a lot of English, um, or actually even people who do speak a lot of English, um, there's a lot of literal translation. So I do think it's down to a language thing as well. Yeah. Um, in general, people think, okay, the Dutch have a high vocabulary uh, in English. Um, most Dutch people speak a relatively good level of English. Um, 
and therefore immediately kind of have the um, expectation that they know the uh, English language nuances that um, a lot of the time are there. Um, but if a lot of the time Dutch people literally translate what they would like to say in Dutch to English. And then a lot of the, the friendliness or the slightly less directness yeah, the gets nuances. lost in that. Yeah, the nuances yeah. get lost, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so it can come across as very direct and almost a little bit rude um, because of missing that, that finesse in, in the English language. Um, and I think that a lot of it is down to that already. Um, that doesn't take away that some people might just be very blunt anyways. <laughs> um, but I think uh, if you would literally translate the sentence back to Dutch, a lot of the time you can pinpoint where it went wrong as such, uh, that, that that's, um, people can see it as rude, blunt, or if it's just direct. Yeah. Yeah, and of course, I think also in the UK, some uh, one person is more direct um, in his yeah. tone of voice uh, compared to others. So that's something you deal with uh, as well. But I think some of the Dutch, they really, um, well, we perceive it as, as if we have a high level of Dutch or English language. Um, yeah. But when it really actually comes down to bringing is bringing in this nuance or the different levels of tone of voices in the conversation yeah. uh, we tend to struggle as well huh? yeah yeah and the, the level of emotion is taken out most of the time as well so it's it's um it comes across more flat and maybe monotone or and yeah. then um yeah. it doesn't have the the nice fluffiness that uh, some uh, yeah some, yeah some of the other languages can have yeah, exactly. But I think this nice and fluffiness uh, and also the emotion, I think also, especially yeah. in the workplace, I think the Dutch want the emotion outside of the workplace. Yeah. Huh? They <laughs> take it out. Take yeah. it out. Um, it's bring all about it the content yeah, and bring not it about back, the emotion. Yeah, bring it back to the context, bring it back to the content, and then we can talk. Uh, but once there's emotions, I think the first thing also uh, managers want to do is get the emotion outside of them. Uh, let's say meeting room uh, and then yeah. talk uh, afterwards right um, yeah. yeah and I think also uh, I think uh, while discussing this language barrier we first we also have one main topic I think at hand that's uh, uh, especially what I noticed with some international uh, well internationals or foreigners that they come here they live here and then they say okay the Dutch are so direct let me also uh, well I don't want to say copy this behavior but let yeah. me also use the same directness uh, towards the Dutch uh, as they mm -hmm. use towards me so they start uh, yeah so how do you think I'm about trying to that? mimic it yeah yeah we try to yeah. mimic it yeah so how do you yeah. feel about that um uh, I always find that a very difficult uh, conversation because um, I think for most people who come here, I, I, I don't think anyone should try and copy a culture that they're not from. Of course, at a certain point, you might uh, take some things um, out of the culture that you might not realize and it naturally, gradually um, becomes part of who you are. Uh, but if you really take the decision, okay, um, oh, the, the Duchess are direct, so I'm going to be direct as well. Uh, I think you often miss the, 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 like the, the nuances again, and um, it can often become almost aggressive. So within the Dutch culture, it is quite a clear distinction between what is direct and what is aggressive. Um, and aggression is a lot of the time uh, not really appreciated by the Dutch. They don't know how to deal with it either. Um, and although other people might see, might find it aggressive the way they are to them, um, it's a very fine line. And um, especially when uh, someone from a cultural background that is completely not direct or um, really, you know, that's not the norm, uh, when they try to be direct, a lot of the time it becomes aggressive because they feel they need to stand their ground they need to make their points 
and then it almost there's no wiggle room um you it's just like no and then there's no conversation to be had and um i think if we look back in the the, the historical background on of things um uh you know, I'm sure many of the people that are listening know that um, the Netherlands is, most of it is below sea level. Um, a long, long time ago, they started pumping land dry to get uh, more land because there was not enough land. So they pumped it dry, but to make sure to keep the land dry, everyone had to work together to um, maintain that level and uh, so people from all different backgrounds and all different levels of society had to work together to to do this um and to make sure that that actually stayed they a lot of the time had meetings to make sure that everyone knew what they needed to do knew their role and people had to give their ideas on how to best maintain this level of dryness um and uh, a lot of the time, there were a lot of compromises that had to be made there. Um, and one person would have to do one thing and another another. And very rarely did anyone get 100% of what they wanted. Um, and I think this is something that still continues in the Netherlands a lot. Um, I, I think I, yeah. have, at least myself, have rarely been in meetings where I completely got what I wanted. And you always have to kind of give and take in the situation. And although Dutch people say no and are able to say no quite well, um, a lot of the time it is backed up by a certain argument as to why they can't do it. So if you get a task given and you don't have the time because you have to do all these other things, they will say, no, I'm sorry. Or they might not say they're sorry because... <laughs> yeah yeah the <laughs> story might be skipped but no i can't do that because i have all these other things and um for a foreigner or an international person they might just hear the no and they think oh i have to also say no and i have to stand my ground so i'll just say the no and not the reasoning behind and then you completely block a conversation um and that conversation to be had is really something the discussion it should always be in a discussion form um, I think the Dutch are very good at discussing and that is really yeah, perhaps a bit uh, too good perhaps yeah yeah <laughs> sometimes a little too much too sometimes much, it's yeah. nice if, uh, <laughs> if yeah. just a decision is made and it's done the way um, the way the person would like um, but it's it's yeah, yeah. it becomes but, then it's like it, it comes across almost aggressive and yeah I think I always like to yeah, I always like to tell my clients it's also about it's no it's no but or it's yes but uh, or yeah, yeah so uh, and I'm using the but it's not but it's also a bit limiting but it's no and then perhaps huh? yeah. Um, yeah. if you want to say no please do it or but no also, because yeah or no because um, um, yeah there's always a reason behind it and I think we like it that you explain uh, the reason behind it before uh, yeah. because then we can talk about it and this is about yeah. also making things explicit huh? you were talking about history and how things happen because we are as a country below sea level uh, this is where the poldering huh, as we call it uh, uh, comes from uh, and we see it happening everywhere huh? uh, so and this is the, the the part of making things explicit also means that you get the emotions out of the room that you stay in the context and um, stay on content yeah. level and I think that's um, where also the explicitness comes from in everything that we do um, let's get things on the table I think I don't know if I'm saying this right but I think I think open <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah let's have the discussion let's talk about it open and um, see uh, why people uh, disagree um, or agree um, and also the meeting in the middle part huh yeah. Uh, I think and then you can build on each other's ideas. Yeah, exactly. And I think I once spoke to somebody who said also, if you look at uh, projects within not only work environments, but also in um, when you have students that have to do an assignment together, uh, if you have this mixing pot of cultures, sometimes uh, some cultures, uh, similar cultures end up together. And then uh, let's say if you have a group of uh, um, uh 
Southern European uh, students besides a group of Dutch students. Uh, I think if you look at the process that they have to go through, uh, the end result is going to be the same, but the approach is going to be different because in the southern parts of Europe, we are building on relationships. So we are first doing all the social things uh, and getting relationships right before we well, dive into the content and the Dutch students will probably already uh, dive into the contact directly, make project plans or study plans and then start going. Then in the, in the process, they will run into the, um, uh, the, the social difficulties that's uh, like how difficult is it to collaborate together and what if somebody doesn't live up to the expectations. Uh, etc yeah. etc so they will need uh, they have will like uh, um, a quick start uh, in the project but then they slow down afterwards because they need to uh, work on those social levels um, yeah. yeah and I think this uh, uh, is one of the examples that I noticed also that um, if you want to collaborate together you have to uh, be able to also see it from the other side and see somebody else's uh, perspective to uh, yeah. well uh, in the end to meet in the middle again right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so one of you have no conversation about it yeah then... exactly yeah and sometimes this happens huh? i think also in the workplace but also uh sometimes in in the applying process and everything that we do also daily life um um we don't talk about it um so then it gets lost somewhere and if you never talk about it it builds up and it becomes frustration right uh yeah, yeah so well, at I least that's the way that we think because that's the dutch perspective <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So what's another perspective we can take on that? Um... Well, it could be that by not saying things or admitting it, you were maybe, um, I think, more more um, cultural backgrounds that have the high context. By sometimes omitting things, you are actually putting someone more in their uh, you, you show a sign of respect in not directly stating it. Um, but I think that's just a very different approach. And I think if you're working within the Dutch setting, um, this really is quite like the Dutch way of doing it. And if you really, um, I think especially within business, you would like to kind of have a good product or a good service that you want to deliver to people um, that's, to be able to build on it and to really get to the higher level, which is also, you know, the Dutch like to improve and improve and improve and improve, sometimes to the <laughs> situation that it's not actually improving. Um, yeah. But to be able to do that, uh, you, you need to be able to keep that communica those communication lines open. Yeah, so this immediately also links to the second subject of our podcast, huh? the feedback. Um, so uh, you told me that you experience uh, in the, working with the international crowd that this feedback also not only receiving feedback, but on also um, how do I make things, uh, how do I really bring things onto the table is really one yeah. of the topics, um, yeah, main topics also that comes up in the conversations that you are having, right? Yeah. Yeah. So what do you, so, what do you want to share uh, with us about this? Um, well, I usually always give the advice that um, if you would like feedback, um, it's okay to ask for it. Um, I think the reason why I give that advice is that within the Netherlands, um, giving feedback is like a, a, a kind of almost the norm. It is you do get given uh, feedback relatively often. Maybe not even when you expect it. Um, but a lot of the time, the feedback that you get given is on the things that you can improve. Um, or no news is good news. So indeed that you don't get the feedback, then usually it is that you are doing well enough and they can accept it as it is. Or maybe you're do, even doing very well, but that kind of feedback is not given very often. Um, compliments are not a situation uh, that happen often. Uh, and I think a lot of Dutch people don't know how to receive compliments very well either. So if you do actually give someone a compliment about whatever, 
um, a lot of the time they don't know how to deal with it. I think many people, if you say, oh, you look very nice, they will be like, oh, I don't know <laughs> how to deal with that. Um, I'll just say thank even, you. <laughs> yeah, just say thank you. Good enough, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so a lot of the time, the, there's not a lot of feedback given in the positive sense, but it's more about what the things you can improve. And that also means that the things that you are told you could improve or, you know, you can make adjustments, that means a lot of the time the rest is good or fine or acceptable anywhere along those levels. And it's only the ones that you need to, you get the feedback on that you can really improve on. Um, but within the work environment that things are a lot of the time about creating the best final product sometimes the feedback is not really given to the person about the person but more about what they are delivering um so the feedback is is yeah if you if you as a as an international person or even as a dutch person would like feedback on how you are doing it is actually relatively normal to ask for it um, and also maybe you can even ask yourself what you know what am I doing that I'm doing well instead of only the things that you would like to improve on because then you also get some insight into things that you you know might be your strengths yeah and, exactly yeah 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 seeing whether they align with your own yeah quite an important topic if you would ask me this last part yeah that's for another <laughs> podcast uh, <laughs> yeah uh, because this also relates to uh, asking questions eh? you already mentioned when you start talking about the feedback topic is that you say hey uh, I tell my clients or I tell the people I work with it's okay to ask questions uh, yeah. yeah and I know in some cultures you just uh, do as you're told um, yeah. Uh, and don't ask and I know that some people um, well when they entered uh, a Dutch working environment or a mixed mixing part of environments then they saw uh, well Dutch employees saying no to their bosses or uh, well why should I do it uh, why are you asking me to do well name a kind of task the, the well the manager would like you to, to well to proceed with and they were really struck by this uh, that well yeah. You are actually saying no to the boss, or actually you are saying um, asking questions about something you were asked to do. This is really um, just one of uh, example of asking questions, and also uh, the critical thinking part that we I think tend to like in the Dutch society um, that people are not really familiar with in every culture, right? Yeah. I think a lot of that also comes down to the, um, like the the whether it's very hierarchical the background that they have um, with the Netherlands, um, you know the, the hierarchy is there in the sense of titles as of of a job title, but the way you approach someone rarely differs depending on uh, wh whether they are above or below you in a work situation. Of course, there's exceptions, and of course, there's companies that do it in a different matter. But in general, uh, whether you are speaking to um, someone that is entry level within a job or whether someone who is a senior CEO, uh, it would take a similar approach um, in the sense they, they deserve the same amount of respect. Um, yeah. And that also means that you can say no one way or the other. But then, like we said at the start, there needs to be a reasoning behind it. You yeah. can't just say no and then walk away. I think uh, that's even with among the Dutch, not, uh, not, not the norm. Yeah. Yeah. And also this asking questions and stating your opinions, huh? especially stating yeah. your opinions in meetings. Uh, well, some people feel or are uh, brought up with the perspective. OK, uh, I only speak up when I really feel I have something to add. Um, and I think uh, speaking up or just uh, stating your opinions or mentioning something about a topic in a meeting also means that you, I think if you are in a, a mixing pot of, of uh, cultures at your work, also means that you are, that you feel aligned with the topic that you are actually present in the meeting that you want to contribute, yeah. right? And that's really, uh, I think that's perspective, huh? Um, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, and not having to wait for a silence uh, within the meeting before you were allowed to say anything. Yeah, exactly. Uh, if you if you have something that you think could contribute and that could help, uh, or even if you're not sure about it, a lot of the time it is um, expected or wanted for people to say it because then you can build on ideas and then hopefully yeah. get a good final result. Exactly. Just uh, speak up. You don't have to wait your turns or whatever. Huh? Yeah. Uh, I also have like the topic of redirect. Um, um, yeah, uh, if it comes to feedback, uh, because um, and with re redirect, I also mean that if say somebody says, okay, you're doing fine or everything is going great, uh, well, that's also feedback you can uh, give somebody, but it doesn't really add value, right? Um, yeah. So I, I always like to time, tell my clients, okay, but if you are getting some feedback or we have or receiving some feedback, um, what do people exactly mean by it? Do you know? Uh, because sometimes I have the, the I have talks with people, then they run into more difficult situations at work, and they don't actually know uh, precisely what um, their uh, manager is trying to tell them. So. They, they come into my office and they say, yeah, um, I had my midterm and they are not really satisfied uh, and I have to improve some points, but I actually, I, I don't know what they um, are mean, they mean uh, with this feedback. And then I always say, okay, but did you ask? Uh, uh, and I think this is also about, um, well, getting things on the table again, being uh, you want to know explicitly where things go wrong, right? So I think this um, more in-depth questioning, I think it's also allowed as an employee, huh? not only as the manager. Yeah. yeah, if you're not sure about something, you can, you, you're allowed to ask. Actually, it's part of your responsibility to ask. Yeah. Um, there, there, there is, yeah, yeah, there is quite a difference in approach there. Um, that in the Netherlands you don't get given just one task uh, that's your duty it's you have a resp responsibility within your role and actually not being able to fulfill something or not being able to meet a deadline is part of that responsibility and if you can't meet that um, but you ask about it or you don't know how to meet it um, that is actually the responsibility uh, in itself yeah. so actually asking for it getting a clear you know clarifications is you know, part of the responsibility of the role that you have. Yeah. So in case in not being able to meet up with some deadlines, you have to communicate early to clarify that yeah. you are not going to make it and the reasons behind yeah. it. And yeah. Uh, I, also think I, I think in general, you know, the whole conversation we're having so far is, of course, generalizations. And there are huge differences yeah. between even people within the Dutch culture. Um, but I think in general, we can state that um, if you ever are not able to meet a deadline or not being able to meet a meeting in the Netherlands, it is always better to mention it beforehand <laughs> than at the moment you're supposed to hand it in or you're supposed to have the meeting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh... that's not done in some other cultures, I know. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's okay to say that you can't meet it, but you have to give your reasoning um and don't do it the moment that it's due yeah do it before yeah but in some cultures you keep saying yes you are going to make it yes we're going to make it until the deadline is there right uh yeah. and i think if you work in a mixing pot of cultures and you have some dutch in the team i think that will really like um um yeah. well uh, <laughs> that does not work <laughs> it does not compute <laughs> yeah Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you will see some uh, angry faces or, um, well, I don't know, frustrated people, uh, if you are going to be able to see them, or at least you will hear the frustrating tone of voice when you speak with them. Yeah, that, may, yeah. that might be yeah. one of the few situations where you do see some uh, emotion <laughs> on the Dutch yeah. side. Yeah, exactly. Yeah because we do have them. Yeah, the, um, also this asking question, but also being able to redirect huh? and redirect is uh, also uh, not only asking in-depth questions, but also uh, uh, in my, uh, I think I also mean by it that you're able um, 
redirect also uh, to defend your own opinions or uh, uh, be assertive in your own behavior, huh? set your boundaries. Um, and this links to, I think, the third topic we would like to talk about today, and this is asking for help. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, what is asking for help? Uh, if I would ask you, uh, what is it all about? I think if we take a step back, actually, it's more uh, we already we already make it asking for help. But if you um, would take a step back and look more culture in um, how other cultures also do it, help or getting given help or providing help um, is then the other side of it. Um, in the Netherlands, it's it's quite a uh, it's an individualistic society, so people often also really like to do things themselves and figure it, at, it out themselves first before they get provided a lot of information or help or guidelines and uh, so on. Um, they, 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 they want to have the experience themselves first before they want all the additional information and help. Um, um, I think a very practical example of this is if a Dutch person goes traveling a lot of the time they want to see it and experience it for themselves first. And if they then can't find their way or don't know how to deal with something, they will go up to someone and ask for directions or ask for help. Um, if you compare that to many um, South American, Asian, or even African societies, a lot of the time, if you arrive somewhere new, uh, they take you by the hand and sometimes even literally um, take you by the hand and provide you with a lot of information on how you can um, you know uh, do things or how things work and um, even introduce you a lot of the time to friends other people and uh, so on uh, Dutch people can also if they experience this themselves can sometimes find this really difficult to deal with uh, because they like to explore it themselves and almost feel like, oh, what do you want from me? You know, is there an underlying thing? Is there an underlying reason? They almost get suspicious in some situations yeah. even. Um, and um, therefore, when people come to the Netherlands, a lot of the time, um, the expectation is there that other cultures have the same, uh, the same approach. So because the Dutch like it that, that way, they often treat the internationals in a similar way. I do think some people are getting better insight into maybe that it doesn't always work that way. Um, but that means that in the Netherlands, if you want help or need help, um, you really have to be proactive about it yourself. Um, if you don't know how to do something or you don't know where to get the information, um, it is your responsibility to go and find that. Um, it is very rarely ever handed to you. Um, it doesn't just drop in your lap uh, <laughs> um, no. of the information and help that you would like. Uh, yeah. So if you are stuck, you can, you, it's your responsibility to ask. But that also means that a lot of the time, if you do ask for help, people are happy to provide it. Yeah, yeah, and it's nice because the Dutch, they don't deliver at your doorstep, what I always like to yeah. tell yeah. people. I, I don't know if, if this is, well, I think it's very clear to people if I say this, what, uh, what is meant by it. Uh, but last week I hosted uh, uh, a workshop for a language foundation. Um, so with uh, a mixing pot of cultures, we had people from Africa and Asia and uh, well, all over sitting in the room, Middle East. Um, and uh, I always tend to do like um, some sentences where, okay, stand up if you agree or sit down if you agree a bit like that or sit down yeah. if you disagree. Um, and one of the sentences that I always like to use is, okay, um, would you like to help other people? Uh, so stand up if you uh, agree, huh? if you would like to help yeah. other people. And then um, sometimes, um, people sit down because they disagree. Uh, and then we start talking about this and, this and then I say, okay, but if your neighbor needs help uh, with groceries, because they say, hey, but I'm the one who needs help. Huh? So I'm sitting down because I'm the one who needs help. 
Hey, okay, yeah. so let's talk about it a bit more. But if your neighbor has like uh, difficulties because she broke her leg and she needs to have some groceries, would you like to help her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would love it if she would even ask me this question, right? Yeah. So stand up because we all like to help somebody. And sometimes just using this sentence and using this way of showing people what um, uh, that actually, because everybody is in this room from mixing cultures, but also the Dutch are in this room, um, that everybody would like to help is sometimes really an eye opener for some because they say, hey, uh, um, yeah, uh, it's not, they don't bring it to me, but actually now I have like 20 people who would like to help me around yeah. me immediately in the same room. So we don't deliver at the doorstep, but I think everybody would like to help. Uh, yeah. yeah. So asking Most for- Most of the time, if you ask a question, you, yeah. you do get a response or at least you get sent in the right direction where yeah. you can get that first. yeah and sometimes this is also really frustrating for others eh? because uh some sometimes we say hey i don't know the answer to your question but i think you should go and go ahead and ask over there uh so yeah. you're like well from bring brought from one doorstep to the others but in the yeah. end there's going to be an answer uh yeah but this also means that if you lean back um uh, and well sit around and wait until somebody's going to hand it to you well probably it's not going to show up no no and yeah. <laughs> uh, I noticed when I was working in the social work that some of my clients or some of my colleagues they were having difficulties dealing with other cultures that um, uh, because we were helping people to get uh, well also with some rules in the Dutch society some laws and regulations to get things done to work their way out of their difficult social situations um, then sometimes just people from other cultures lay, let well they brought things onto the table they discussed things and then okay then thought okay now i discuss it with you um with you so now you're going to take care of this for me yeah. right because i told you all about it and then at the end of the conversation or when they came in for a next conversation uh expectations weren't met because they thought okay i brought it onto the table what do you have for me right yeah, and I think that's one of the most difficulties, um, yeah, difficult things sometimes people run into. And I think you yeah. recognize it as well, right? And this is also... Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, and I think in some societies it's very normal, huh? That you have like a supporting network and especially as an international, you have to build in your network again because yeah. you don't have your family and other networks around to build on um so that means you also have to um yeah um i think you have to show up uh, sometimes yeah, you have to work for the connection yeah you, you have, have to, to yeah do, it's, it's yeah it's okay yeah. to ask for the help but you also have to try and um you know show the person that you 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 need it or you would like it um yeah. instead of just expecting the help to come to you yeah, um, and this, this links also to the individualism uh, that you, uh, I think, mentioned already, but I think uh, this also shows on this topic, eh? you really have to ask, or if you're dealing also with sometimes things just outside of your work, uh, like having an electrical bill that you don't really don't understand, that you want explained, uh, ask yeah. somebody about it. Huh? Um, yeah. It's not this just going to go away. <laughs> no, uh, well, actually, this links to something else with if you um uh, i spoke with um um uh, another business owner a while ago and she thought the blue envelopes of our tech services uh, were going to go away well uh you only will get fined so please do pay your taxes um <laughs> So uh, that's one big learning point for some people also. Uh, but this also links to the individualism, huh? um, especially if you enter a Dutch society or another culture, you think you're going to make friends and perhaps also at the workplace. Uh, and this is some of the topics that I noticed. We actually, it's hard to make friends at the workplace. Huh? Uh, yeah. You have to find your own ways um, to build and grow your network, to find your stability so that you can also build new roots, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah, and you already mentioned that this also relates to relationship versus tasks. Huh? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know if you have any new lights that you would like to sh uh, shine on uh, this topic. Um, well, I think if you, if we, if we, if we take it back to to the business side of things, um, 
when you first come to the Netherlands a lot of the time or when someone new starts at a company, um, even myself, I've, ha I've had this introduction quite often is you get maybe a tour and then you go, okay, there's the toilet, there's the coffee machine, there's my office. If you need anything, come and ask. Right? That, that is actually the invitation in itself. If you need any help, you can go and ask. Um, but also if you look at the relationship based versus the task based, um, uh, many cultures such as um, yeah, South America, Asia, Africa, the, uh, it, there are, uh, most of them are more relationship based if you compare it to the Netherlands. And a lot of the time then before you make any deals, like business deals or business decisions, a lot of the time you really have to invest in that relationship. You have to go out for dinner. I say have to, because that's the, the <laughs> as a Dutch person, the perspective is that you have to do that, but they would like you to, or they take you uh, for dinner to invest in that relationship, to show that you can be trusted. Um, and that uh, if, if situations arise and um, things happen, that in the end, they, you have that relationship with the person and therefore you will build on that, um, that, that trust. Um, and that trust is going to get you either the service or the final product that the, the company offers. While in countries such as the Netherlands um, that have a much more task-based um, uh, society, um, you deliver a good product or you deliver a good service. And that already is what, uh, why you can then trust that um, party. Uh, so if you deliver a good service once, um, the, the other company or the other party is going to con consider, okay, well, hey, they've provided this good service. So therefore, I'm sure next time they will provide a similar sort of service. And therefore, I can have a good working um, relationship with that other company. Um, and that's where the differences lie. So actually, you know, in many cultures, you go out um, with business partners for dinner and some societies, it's even the norm to, you know, to share a lot of drinks. So that's, um, you know, you, you have experienced a sort of, um, you, cause you really get to meet someone when they're drunk is the, the, the idea. Um, and therefore you have, they have to have a sort of trust in you. And only once you've seen a person drunk, do you really know the true person? That's the, the, the understanding there. Um, well, I think if you would do that in the Netherlands, get drunk with a work setting, um, it, you, it would be considered very unprofessional. And, Except if you uh, work in a solicitor's office, but that's another thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so maybe there's some settings that it's okay, yeah. or maybe if you work in a bar itself, uh, it, there's more understanding there. Um, but um, yeah, it would, it, it, you know, you don't show that side because it, it is the professionalism for, for I am able to do my role well. And, uh, you know, if I uh, actually, I had this conversation with. Uh, um, a person yesterday um, who is from a more relationship-based society. He himself found that very difficult because he was like, yeah, well, if I go out and get drunk the night before, I'm going to have a hangover and then I'm not going to do as, as well as I can the next day. Um, so there is a difference in approach there. Yeah, and the, do, uh, the Dutch are also drunk at night, so they do not always perform uh, their best. Also. Yeah, optimally, of course, uh, us, either. Optimally, but... yeah either yeah yeah, yeah. i think yeah. we are the wrong people to talk about this yeah. because we don't really drink yeah re really yeah. Other, yeah. yeah thanks for bringing that into the conversation <laughs> yeah. yeah so yeah actually i was thinking i would have a hard time uh in cultures where the drinking is really um yeah I'd incorporated have in, yeah in building relationships yeah. yeah so uh and i think before we close i would like to relate this topic of building relationships and also the responsibility and tasks towards um, job interviews because i always tell people also in job interviews um build on the relationship uh and some people find that uh pretty easy when i tell them others find it more difficult because they have they are coming from more task-oriented societies where you just have to deliver um but um i think if you look at job interviews um 
which are a terrible uh, interest instrument, I think, to hire people, but that's also for another podcast. But they do happen and they will happen. They will uh, continue happening. Uh, what I always tell people is build on the relationship, but show that you're also the professional um, that can do the job. Um, I don't know. Do you do you agree with this? When I yeah, um, I think it can differ drastically per person and per job application, and um, also on the the type of job you're going for. But where your I manager knew where your new manager comes. Yeah, from. yeah, yeah. Exactly. But I always, I always think you as a person are also part of the job role that you're going to fulfill. So um, although, you know, some people um, feel, okay, I need to behave truly professional, you know, there's different levels of professionalism that's, you know, exactly like culture, it can differ drastically what professionalism looks like. Um, and in the end, they, they are hiring the person as well for a job so giving a little bit of information about yourself or even more than a little bit and having maybe the opportunity to have overlap um, with your the person that is interviewing you or maybe actually the differences might be the nice thing that gets like you know that's that you know the diversity can help as well yeah um but I think it, it's a lot of the time staying true to yourself a little bit as well because if you show yourself in a completely different way in an interview and then go into a job and then you know uh, they then have to deal with the person behind that interview um, there, there's not and that's drastically different that that doesn't give a, a, a you know very real perspective of the person that they're going to employ yeah keep the um, keep your image cons uh, consistent huh yeah yeah, uh, yeah. Be, be you and of course you're nervous in job interviews it's also uh not my favorite thing to do. Um, nope. So yeah, everyone will get nervous there and will have difficulties of truly being themselves, I think. Um, but uh, you, you can show parts of yourself and parts of your culture because it also in the end, you have to match the situation um, and also yeah. the company has to match you. Yeah, exactly. A lot yeah. of people underestimate that as well. You also have a say in that. Exactly. Um, yeah, we have I'll say, and, and I think what you mentioned also, I think sometimes uh, in some cultures, they're really action based, they just do. Uh, and sometimes we need this at the workplace as well, huh? that we stop discussing and just get going, I think. So uh, yeah. think about added value is what I always tell people. Yeah. Uh, but taking the perspective of the, being able to look at your soft skills. Uh, so the things you have to bring onto the table on that then is also uh, something new or something even a new concept um, yeah. that are, yeah, to discuss with people be, yeah, to prepare them for, uh, um, yeah, uh, and, and, job and prepare journey. some example to pre also prepare some example situations because yeah. uh, uh, the Dutch culture, if you look at the, the theory behind it, is they, they like their examples. And if you come yeah. from a culture where you're more talking about the whole theoretical background and very little examples, you can sometimes really be stumped by the question, oh, can you give me an example of how you... Yeah. Did that yeah. in your work it's a very common one yeah exactly um make it specific make it explicit is what i always like to tell people yeah. um and that's sometimes even an eye-opener um yeah so cecile um i think that's it for today i think we can talk for hours about this topic um uh, so <laughs> sure. we have to limit ourselves and we did uh we we know there's a lot of nuances to bring into the sub topic so that's perhaps for another time another podcast so thank you for being part of the career connection podcast it was lovely and also empowering to have you and hear you speak about it um to our listeners thank you for listening to this episode about cultural differences and we will be back next week with another episode of the career connection podcast closing podcast episodes career Connection podcast take one. 
If you enjoyed this week's episode, I invite you to check out mariellaobels.com to find out more about the ways Marielle could support you in bringing your career goals to come to life. The member program run by Marielle is the essential resource for anyone who wishes to get hired in the Netherlands or pivot their career successfully while living abroad. Whether you are still trying to figure out how to get hired in the Netherlands or whether you would like to get promoted and bring your career to the next level, the membership program can help you to boost your activities and realize your career goals. With the extensive course library, monthly training, bi-weekly Q&A sessions, perks, tools, and a supportive and active community to support you along the way with feedback, encouragement, and advice, the membership program run by Marielle is the place to be for anyone who would like to get hired or pivot their career in the Netherlands. Check it out on marielleobels.com. End of take one. And I will do a take two. If you enjoyed this week's episode, I invite you to check out marielleobels.com to find out more about the ways Marielle could support you in bringing your career goals to come to life. The member program run by Marielle is the essential resource for anyone who wishes to get hired in the Netherlands, Netherlands or pivot their career successfully while living abroad. Whether you are still trying to figure out how to get hired in the Netherlands or whether you would like to get promoted and bring your career to the next level, the membership program can help you to boost your activities and realize your goals. With the extensive course library, monthly training, bi-weekly Q&A sessions, perk tools and a supportive and active community to support you along the way with feedback, encouragement and advice, the membership program run by Marielle is the place to be for anyone who would like to get hired or pivot their career in the Netherlands. Check it out on marielleobels.com. End of take two.